Hi, I'm Colleen Caro. Welcome to Avant Grad, Ohio's Trailblazers, and the Third Floor Dance Studio, home of the School of Dance at Ohio University. In this episode, I talk with dance alumna Joanne Jansen, who transformed from a New York City dancer and founder of her own company to a Hollywood choreographer, acting coach, producer, and director. While she has consulted for some of today's leading directors and coached some of today's hottest stars, her integrity, authenticity, and candor shine right alongside her artistry. She is so fun, refreshing, and dynamic to talk to. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Avant Grad. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Colleen. Thank you so much for joining us today for the podcast from sunny LA. It's so great to talk to you. It has been so fun doing my research for this interview and learning about your amazing career. You've made quite some strides from your days in Athens um, as a dancer and um, moving into choreographer of choreography, of course, um, establishing your own dance company, and then moving in into film and into directing and producing. So I can't wait to delve into that a little bit. A lot of the times with these interviews, I start at the beginning, but with you, I would like to start with today. And so I wonder if you could start by telling us a little bit what you're working on these days. What are you doing today? Well, it's kind of a non-disclosure issue. Okay. I can tell you this. It's, it has to do with the Star Wars universe. Can't tell us anything else. No. I mean, because they, you can't even read a script. I mean, when I first started on Avatar, we had to be locked in a room without our phones to read the scripts. It was like, like I could remember anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're complicated, especially the way he writes. But this one is really interesting because, you know, George Lucas is basically reinventing everything he's he I don't what a brain I mean seriously if when you think of the day one of Star Wars through those three movies then they come back and do three that are previous to that and now this one is 10 years after the last one of those and it's not a movie it's a limited series because everything is now I mean so basically they're they're dissecting all each character for all these different limited series but I can't tell you which one is it so exciting? It's pretty cool. I mean, the thing that, one of the things I'm doing, and I can't even tell you that, it has to do with sort of the body work on a, on a character that has to look a certain way and move a certain way. And there's three people playing this character. So I'm training all of them. And then now we're in the stage of having them add emotions onto their physicality which is tricky because each person is different one's a stunt person one's an actor one's not an actor i mean it's just like everybody has a different language it's kind of fascinating to figure it out <laughs> tell us a little bit about about what you bring to a project like that and and what you do I, I read a really interesting quote that you shared um, in, in one of the many interviews you've done. Um, and, and you shared something about your background is that because you're speaking in a language that not many people have heard and that, that you've been able to bring that to these films that as a dancer and as a choreographer, um, you bring something different, something that's unique in the film industry, in this movement work and in this body work that you do. Well, I you know it's it's, an, it's such a good question, really, because the truth is, 
one can never totally assess oneself. I can only assess what's coming at me from the other person I'm working at. But I think one of the things that's very different with me is that I have a doctorate in psychology. So if I get too close to somebody and I, I look at their pupils, and the second I see a fraction of a movement, I'll usually back away. It's happened with several stars, different ways. Each of them, one says, you know, well, I don't like my thumbs. <laughs> so, oh, okay. You don't want me to touch you. That's okay. But the thing is, because of that particular study is I'm kind of fearless. Not a lot you can do to scare me, which is what most people do when they're uncomfortable with you touching or doing anything with their body. So I'm like, whatever. Okay. Plus, when you have danced as long as I have, you're being handled a lot. So you have to have an interior right. self that that does not intrude on. And I think that's a different thing. But mm-hmm. Believe it or not, a lot of people did not have a major dance career before they started choreographing, especially since the advocation of internet. Because what happens is somebody makes up 16 counts, puts it on, the producer goes, oh, well, I can get them for $500. Well, of course, then I always have to go in and fix it because mm-hmm. they don't know what they're, they're babies. They don't know what they're doing. It's like it's screen choreography is quite different than stage choreography. And depending on how your mind works, and when I had a dance company, also I danced in New York for 20 years under some intense people. And that's like, you learn how to find out what you mm-hmm. think because you could, someone's going to ask you a question like, why can't you do that? So I've learned a way to access people without making them feel like they're in error or, or they aren't fulfilling something I need them to fulfill. You know, it, it's, I just think I'm good at that. You know, I can make somebody, the first sentence out of every star's mm-hmm. mouth is, I can't dance. Well, yeah, well, sure. You know, and I just sort of move around that in a way like it didn't didn't <laughs> register like a bomb. <laughs> I mean, like, I know you hate it. You don't want to do it. You feel uncomfortable because look at anybody has to stand up in front of people and move who isn't a mover. That's scary. So I feel like what I bring my job is to way to make people feel like I have a shawl around them. I'm inside the shawl with them and we figure out what to do together. And. I don't know, you know, I, and I just think it's my personality. People trust me. I don't lie. I won't lie. And I will turn around and tell a director, you can't ask them to do that right now. This is on me. Ask me. I'll tell them. Because they're at a disadvantage. And I'm mm-hmm. fearless like that. I'm being a fireman. I don't know. You know, because you can't make me hurt somebody. You'll never make me hurt somebody. And, you know, they're the people who have to perform sounds funny but it's true in front of the camera and do the same thing 50 times that's hard you know and when they start to go well you do something a little different and I always go stand up do this do these five arm movements for me to the directors on it well I can't I go oh really isn't that interesting (laughs) but you have to like be I feel like what I bring is I don't get angry I never yell but I've seen when choreographers do that, they get angry and they get just, you know, are you talking me that way? I never go there. It's like I never address the chip on their shoulder. I won't do it, you know, because then they win. You hit the ball back on the tennis court. So if you move everything around, which I'm pr- quite skillful at, or just having nothing and just look, mm-hmm, okay, when you know the person is upset, I mean, say the director, the producer, you get farther. And I, I think that is, I have a people skill like that. 
And I think that's probably what makes a difference. And my background is very different from most people. You know, I've done stage, I've done theater, I've done film, I've been in films. I know what it feels like, and I understand camera. The reason I understand camera is because when I had a dance company, I would make phrases of movement, just arbitrary phrases, you know, maybe 38 long, who knows what. But what I did with my lighting designers, we put that movement up on, you know, the, the cards up on a board, and we mm-hmm. would edit to the story. So I decided, well, no, we didn't put those cards. We put the story that I wanted to tell for the piece I was choreographing. And then we would, you know, film all those phrases of movement, and then we'd fit them into the story. So we moved it around on the editing board before we even put it on the dancers. I mean, they had to do the phrases, but they didn't know where they were going to be, how they were going to be chopped up. But it saved them the time. It made me able to look at it over and over again and kind of figure out a way to tell a story that made sense. And then they could learn that order. And it was much easier. But that's just the way my head worked. That was before I ever got into film. And that's, it sounds like much the way a film director works. It's kind of the same. And I didn't really realize it at the time. Um, but my, light, my lighting director said, you know, this is, this is interesting. This is how other mediums work. You're working it out ahead of time and trying mm-hmm. all the possibilities of breaking people's bodies, which was kind of really important because you don't really get much expression when someone is so tired. I mean, you can get an amazing thing. Don't get me wrong, but. It's nicer to work it out, let them find out what it is, and then rehearse it to death. <laughs> right. You know, dancing's hard. It's hard. I'd love to talk a little bit about how you made the leap from your bachelor's degree in dance at Ohio University to New York City and to dancing in New York City in the late 70s and the 80s, um, to creating your own company. Um, it's that's a big leap. Tell us about that time period for you. It's it's a tricky question because it's all kind of mushed together in terms of how it occurred. It's not so linear. Right. But after Ohio, I went to Smith and got a, a degree in theater, a master's degree in theater and physio and kinesiology. And um, that's when it, it hit me that I really wanted to go back to New York and dance. I had given it up. When I was at Ohio University, is it okay to jump around? Yes, please do. Yeah. <laughs> when I was at Ohio University, um, I, I was, it was a d- very difficult time in my life. I had had a, a child who the hospital messed up and was brain damaged. So I needed, which I think I talked about in a TED Talk, if you listen to that one. Yes, that was Joni, right? That was Joni. And so what happened was... That's the last thing I could remember was dancing, right? That made me feel. So I went to the dance department and I had been so out of shape, a mess. So I really didn't start thinking about what I, how I could go back to dance until I went to Shirley Women, Wimmer's class. And she's no longer with us, and neither is Betty Wahlberg. Those are the two women who started the dance department. And they, Betty had worked on film. Wow. She, she made music for, for film, and Shirley was just an incredible dancer. And and Betty would say to us, this is not going to make any sense to mm-hmm. you, but I want you to lay down on the floor. I'm going to put different pieces of music on. When one is over, I want you to get up and write the emotion you feel with that piece of music. And I'm, okay. And then, and then 
she had us choreograph. And then we had a, a catalog of music we could pick from that would fit with what we were trying to express. And then she talked about film. She talked about, well, this is what you can do. It's a plastic medium. You can move it anywhere you want, which hadn't occurred to me, really. I did that. Movies, whatever. You know, this is terrible. But um, I think that that started it, which is an odd thing because I'm getting a master's and all. And that's when I realized I had to go back to New York. And I was also starting on the doctorate then. So that's how I got to New York, because really what I wanted to do was dance again, because I felt like that was the only way anybody could mm-hmm. really see who I was. It's like when you're moving in front of people, you can't predict what they're going to see. That's why it's real important, and I hate to use this word, that you're as authentic as you can to yourself. I don't even know what that means. I think it maybe is bullshit. Authenticity, I don't know if you can self-judge that. <laughs> you, you know what I mean by I mean, if I really think about it, how do I know? I can barely judge when somebody else is when they're moving in front of me. But I think that that's at that point in time, that's what that felt like to me. I thought, oh, all right, well, this maybe I won't feel so overlooked. That's how, why I got to New York. So I had this amazing support system with them and there were teachers there and they introduced it. And I went, okay, I'm going. And, you know, I mean, it's a weird transition because really I sh- it wasn't really strong enough physically in terms of my technique but once I got there then you have the world of oysters for teachers you know and just kill yourself till you get but fortunately even then I was studying with Merce Cunningham he let me take the company class why I don't know he just liked me I mean and nothing I did you you know what I mean I just have I think well I, I shouldn't say that I think it's because I'll take chances on all levels. And that was obviously evident how freaked out I was about getting somewhere and doing something that mattered to me. They saw it because they're great artists. They see it. And I had that with so many choreographers. And you do it, you do it, you do it. Okay. Ah. They believed in before I believed in. They saw it in the movement. Even though my technique wasn't, they saw just that ability to like, I don't care what you think. I'm going full tilt boogie. I'll never forget, I was taking class with Dan Wagner at one point, and I wanted to be in his company, and I wasn't ready at all. But so he had this class where he was kind of auditioning people, and he's very complicated movement, steps, complicated rhythm, everything. It was really hard. And so our group came, time to do it. We did it. I didn't have a clue. (laughs) Any next step. (laughs) I just kept on dancing. (laughs) And he goes, see, now this girl is terrible. (laughs) Doesn't know what she's doing. (laughs) Does not want know what she's doing. Couldn't remember Seth, but look, she never stopped once. I could have thought that was the choreography I gave to her. That's how bad I obviously wanted it. But in terms of expression, it wasn't obviously you don't get paid a lot to do anything in dance. But I think it's that. I think that's the key factor in me. And, and I think that when I work with anybody, there must be a tinge of that because they go with me. So there, that's the honesty, I think that they see and it's less fearful for them. It's less fearful to be with somebody who's willing to put, you know, I'll lay down in the street in front of the car. You know, I'm not going to let it run over you kind of thing because I know how bad it feels to be ignored. There's a great, um, a great quote you shared in one of your interviews um, where you talk about being interviewed by Frank Oz 
um, of course, very, very famous guy. And you go into his office full, full of puppets. And um, I think it was for an acting coach job. And he yeah, asked I you, yeah, he asked you, he said, he said, what do you do? And um, I think you, you mentioned this in the TED talk and you said, I don't know. And he said, you're hired. Is that right? That is correct. And I'll tell you, that shifted my brain because I was just, had done maybe one other film as a choreography with my friend is a very well-known uh, casting director, Marjorie Simkin. She did Avatar. It's done everything. Well, she had seen me work on a small film called Fresh. And the boy, it was he was at, playing opposite Sam Jackson, and he'd never done anything. And she, he won a Spirit Award. It was amazing. I don't even know what I did. But, you know, nobody ever does. You just do what you do at the moment, and hopefully it works. And if it doesn't, you try something else. But that's why Frank had me, Marjorie said, you should interview Joanne. This kid is great that you want to use, but he is no experience. And I've seen her bring somebody like that to a performance. So going in, I had that in my head. Plus, I, I knew he was Miss Piggy. You know, I knew. And what, what, right. I, what I didn't know was that he comes from a family of theater. That was what was, that's what cued me because when I sat in that apartment and I saw all those puppets hanging, I thought, oh my God, this is generations of people in the arts. You know, what is it you do? I've never worked with an acting coach. Yeah, well, I'm going to send it right back to you. I don't know. And he laughed and he said, okay. Because he got, artistically, he got what I meant. What am I, I want me to give you a recipe? You know, I don't know who this child is. I don't know what his background is. When I start with somebody, I usually talk to them for two hours, especially an inexperienced actor, because older actors, more experienced, I should say, won't tell you much. So that's a different way of getting to know them. But with the young kids, you can really ask questions and find out what their family's like. You look over the side and see what mom and dad are like. When I sat down, I realized these two worlds are not so different, film theater. I didn't get that. And that it took away a huge, I didn't have to be somebody else. I didn't have to speak a language I didn't know, which is never works anyway. That gave me great, that's what really, those two films were kind of what started it. I had done some choreography on one or two films with a woman named Susie Amos. She wasn't, the, she was the actress and she's now married to Jim Cameron. <laughs> You, you've worked with so many different kinds of people, um, you know, seasoned dance pros like John Travolta and Patrick Swayze and, um, you know, actors who have never danced, uh, the Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, for example, um, Dakota Fanning when she was six years old and, and Uptown Girls, you know, just a little, little girl, um, a group of 80 football players. I mean, just such a huge range, you know, people who are dancers, people who say, I can't dance. And uh, so I just, I think of that when, when you say you, you have, have seem to have this unique way of finding your way into someone, into someone's personality and into someone's trust. What does artistry mean? It means no limits, basically. It means you don't. So I don't look at that thing. Oh, what am I going to do with that? That doesn't even occur to me. I just start doing it. Like whether it was the football players, you know, I, Dakota, she's a being, you know, you work with that being. That's maybe, I mean, it's interesting a question that you're asking. I really don't know, but I'm trying to figure out an answer. <laughs> I, I think that it's like 
you if you work creatively long enough, as you know, you know, even if a choreographer comes in and gives you something, you'll make something out of it. So the same thing, whatever you you know, you just do. That's what that's where your creativity lies. It lies in the fact that if you came up and said, Joanne, there's a wall in front of you, you can't get over it, what are you gonna do? That's all the info you have. It's a slice of life. It's a slice of a moment. It's a slice of emotion. And so if you get used to working like that, I get bored if I got the same thing all the time. We were rehearsing for that film, Uptown Girls, and we're in a dance studio. And her little sister comes in too, Elle, who's obviously doing a lot now. And she wanted to learn the choreography too because she didn't want her sister to know something she didn't know. So I said, right so it's all the same right and so i said dakota i think we've rehearsed long enough it's been four hours she looks at me and she goes no i actually want to do it a few more times i'm not sure it makes sense to me I'm a six-year-old i mean who says that and she was dead serious and i had given her a ballet bar i mean she this was not easy she couldn't do any of it but it didn't matter she understood the difference see i love that energy that somebody who has some knowledge is trying to give it to you. Why would you throw it away? Even at six, she got that. You know, and her little sister was the same way. Let me do it. Let me do it. Part of the gift is that they sense when they're working with somebody that they want to learn from. The football players, the same thing. I mean, you'd think 80 guys are going to say, I'm not learning this. I'm not learning this. And it was funny because the football coach came up to me and he said, you know, they're not going to do this. Big guy. I looked at him. I said, really? Watch this. And I had all my actors get in the front. I said, guys, you're going to call out dirty names to each step. (laughs) I will use anything. And I don't ever feel threatened. Ever, ever, ever. Because I feel like if I make the rules of the game, I make the rules of the game. Do you, do you think that is tied at all to, to being a dancer? Um, I, I just, I feel like there's some bravery and courage and confidence there, confidence in your body and just, um, yeah, being open with your body and being okay with, with whatever. Um, but I will say not all dancers are like that. They're sometimes the opposite. They get, because I think if they see it as an attack, you know, weird, there's something about, because as I said before, you're handled a lot and it's like, right. you know what I mean? You're either going to get in the Cadillac or you're not. And if you don't, you're rigid. I never like working with those dancers because everything is an insult. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, you can go through life finding chips galore on those shoulders. There's a million things you can get pissed about. Or you just behave the way you want to behave and then walk away and that's it. Um, one time I was interviewing to direct a commercial. And the guy looked at me, honest to God, and I had produced probably four or five movies by then. A lot of, lot of complicated camera work, right? The guy looks mm-hmm. at the first question out of his mouth is, so, do you think you know how to handle a crane? Because I'm a woman. He never asked the guy that. I chose not to answer the question, but it's just to, well, you know, we just did this movie, and I had a 10-foot crane, and we rose it up to 12. It was raining. We used this and that. Just didn't even go there. Because there's no point. What am I going to give him a technical answer? Or like, oh, I do it. I'm not stepping on that court. You can't make me do it because it doesn't work. I prefer to show what I can do and just do it. 
I think about um, an idea that you shared in your TEDx talk that you did at Arcadia University, um, where you were talking about um, overcoming obstacles and, and needing to know yourself in life um, instead of following a ghost. And I really liked that that idea of of really, you know, that need to really, if you want to be a leader, really connecting with who you are inside, because otherwise you're you're just following a ghost. Well, it is. I love that image myself, too. And it came to me as I was speaking. It's not, you know, I did it really. It's like there's a legend in Japan called the hungry ghosts and they and they hang out on the streets and you walk by them and they will attack if you're not real. because they they need more ghosts with them because it, it's a terrible, awful way to live. You're not real. And I had done a dance about it. And I think that's why the word ghost came out of my mouth because the truth is, you know, you ask why people listen. I think that's another reason. I'm not a ghost. This is not somebody you can just, okay, not, I, I, and what it really is is they want the information that you have. It's not that you think you're a leader. Everybody thinks that they just think, oh, I want to see what she has to say. You know, it's more selfish for them than it is toward me. You know what I mean? In a good way. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of interesting because, yeah, they don't want to miss something. That's the truth of it. People want to have in the world all the information they can. If they see somebody who has something they want, they're going to go for that. It's like, hmm. Well, you talked about authenticity earlier, and something that strikes me about you is you you are very very real. I mean, we can we sometimes call people candid, but um, I, I think it it's deeper in in you um, for me the way I perceive you. And I I have this this great quote, um, a series of quotes from a, a review um, in the Washington Post from the late '80s about a piece you did. Um, it, uh, that was performed at the dance place. And um, some of these comments just lend themselves to this idea of authenticity. And, and so let me just read some. So, so in this review, it, it called, called the piece disturbingly raw, turbulent, corrosive, um, giving the authenticity of feeling and the power of choreographic invention combined to leave one awestruck. Um, that you had a weighted brawny movement style that was supercharged, um, entirely distinctive. And, and then the review, which was great, it said, she is, in short, an original, which I just loved. I mean, what, what a great review. But um, they seem like you to me, just very authentic, real, raw. What it does for me is it tells me that I am speaking my own truth, even now. Yes. You know, I think that that that's what it means to me, because that's what it, it's again, like I said before, you know, that's what it feels like. But who the hell knows what the world sees, but the world did see. And that's probably why I wanted to go back and dance. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like I could get back to that person that I started. And thank God. Thank you, God. I have not left it. You know, I mean, I was able to keep it up and make this ridiculous career. I mean, in the best sense of the word that cross references everything and it's and you know i'm sure you read that in my thing too it's like john travolta said that once he said i've never seen anybody not say a word you read the script you look at it, and you come back with a dance he goes where you come up with that stuff is cross-referenced through a hundred zillion years not just your life because you are now 
He is a Scientologist. I know that. But he feels like we're all connected at different points from the universe. And that somehow in his brain, I was able to pull up stuff I hadn't even lived. You know, but it could be what you're saying is I'm kind of an open vessel in a weird yes. way. You know, the rawness of it is, in fact, nothing very magical except for the fact that we've all existed in time where we are now. But the earth, the trees and all that have an amazing memory. They've been here for trillions of years. So you could say there's no connection. You don't feel it. You're not learning. Or you could say the opposite. And, you know, dance is another dance is another language, isn't it? It's another way of connecting on a more primal level and unspoken level, a level of, you know, feeling and expression that that we don't convey in words. No. And you are exposing yourself. That is a different thing. And I'll tell you something I believe about dance. I think all expression is in the joints, not in the muscle. Now. Obviously, the muscles are connected to the joints, but it's like if you look at Swan Lake, you're so moved because her arms move like there are no bones, but yet you see all this little stuff that kind of just goes to her through her body. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I really believe that. And I'll tell you why I say it that way, because having worked with so many people, when I say that to them, they are aware of their joints all of a sudden as if they weren't before. And I'm not sure why that happens. I'm not sure, but they all, it makes them feel they can talk to somebody with their structure. I mean, it's a big structure. We all have it. The, you know, the body is, is a survival organism. It's basically keeps you from gravity, keeps you standing alert. So it's very busy and it doesn't want extra shit to have to make it pay attention. So if you decide what is, you know what I mean? It likes that. So if you say my joints, so, you know, why if I go like this to you, then I speak, is that different than going? It is, of course it's different. But if you think of it as expression mm -hmm. and moving the bones around, it almost frees you up a little bit. Because then you don't have this weighted thing of I have to describe emotionally what the choreographer, or the direct, whoever wants what from you. Where if you try to break it down sort of logically, you, and you understand that your arm can move this way and that, and you look at it in the mirror and you think, well, which way do I want it to move to express what? It gives you a little power. Most powerful moment for me when I was dancing was when I realized I could go on stage and stand perfectly still and have everybody look at me. It was like a revelation. And I thought the reason they were watching because I had all this technique and I could do everything and I had this energy. Nope. Mm -mm. They really, people, viewers are voyeurs, voyeurs. They want to see who you are and what makes you tick. I don't care what the performance are, you know, whichever you're doing. So if you stand still, you really, you know, the hand is quicker than the eye. The eye has a shutter, right? So you got to give them a chance to right. see. And I, and I, that hit me. I don't know, we were doing a lecture demonstration or something. I was just tired. <laughs> do anything so I just stood there and I <laughs> the choreographer looked at me because what are you doing I said I'm standing here and pretty soon the whole audience was just enraptured they wanted it because the truth is they really want to know who you are yeah you can do all that stuff but who are you what makes you able to do all that stuff they want to go back a step it's like the joints being expressive qualities they want to go back a step they can see who is this person that I'm looking at 
Does she get through life okay? Does she have a boyfriend? Is she whatever, whatever? They would make up stories. Like they had made a story that Dan and I were boyfriend and girlfriend because we did duets. We couldn't fathom that we weren't the way we danced together. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's a mystery. I hate to say it, but I think it's all a big mystery <laughs> in the sense of you can't make any of this happen. You just have to live your life and hope for the best, I think. I don't know. That's great advice. What are what are some of your your favorite projects? If you look back through your entire career, um, you know you have so many accomplishments. You started your own dance company. Um, Twyla Tharp asked you to be her rehearsal director, and you declined so you could do your own work. And just thinking about all the twists and turns, making making your way into film. I've done my research. Um, you know, I, I know you. Um, once said you never occurred it never occurred to you that you were working towards something that you just did it you know you just went forward and and did it but I I wonder you know what are some of what are some career highlights for you some favorite moments maybe they were successes or maybe they were times you fell flat on your face because we know that those are the times that that we grow well that happened yeah (laughs) mostly when I had the dance company because that's just like, you know, you're asking people for money. You're, you, you know, you have to do fundraisers every year. It's one of the reasons I stopped. Um, I just felt like I'm always asking for somebody else to support me. And it's, and I was working at the kitchen at the time as a, uh, I don't know what it was. I don't know what my title was, but I was curating dance. So I bring in one of, the, one of my most favorite moments is I curated, Jennifer Tipton was a lighting designer that I'd worked with um, a lot. She's the one who told me not to work with Twyla. Mm-hmm. She said, that's too easy. You could do that with your hands tied behind your back. What are you doing? Go do something. Because if you, you work with her, you'll never do your own work. So what I did was I booked Jennifer and Mish, Mish Barishnikov together. And what the show was, was she was in the audience Every night, the lighting was improvised or not improvised. You know, she didn't, there was no set design. She would just do what she saw him dancing. And this is a man, as we know, what he is and what he can do. He just lent himself to the experiment so, and this is why he's a great artist. He didn't try to show off. He didn't try to make a triple pirouette. You know, she would do it so that she'd make the ceiling come down with the light. To watch him react to that, it, it was definitely, it's like one of my favorite moments in time because he's just so open and so beautiful. And she's just an extraordinary artist with light. She's the first person, the most serious person I ever worked with in terms of even dancing with Dan. It's like she's unbelievable. You know, she was looking, we went to see William Forsythe. Do you know who he, he is? He, he did, um, dance theater Netherlands I think he first American to go do it and he lit his own stuff so she brought me and she wanted to see what he did I said well do you like it she goes it doesn't matter he's trying something it's from his brain the same brain that made the choreography Mm -hmm. I thought that was so really smart but that I mean Misha and she that was one of my favorite favorite ones as far as films go there's a lot of them that have different feel you know like Remember the Titans, like, you know, Dakota. They're all have their own little special. And the ones that are more difficult would be like Four Christmases with uh, 
his name. I'm sorry. Reese Witherspoon. Hey, what was the guy's name? Vince. Was it Vince Vaughn? Yeah, Vince Vaughn. That was so weird because he's got a twisted, a little bit of shouldn't. Probably shouldn't put this in. But I'll tell you. Anyway. He has a twisted sense of humor. Is that what you were going to say? Twist. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Let's jump back to Ohio University. Um, and talk a little bit more about your experience there. I love how you were describing your, your dance teachers, um, the dance program founders. Well, it wasn't really a program yet. <laughs> right, right. So tell, tell us a little bit about that. What, what, was, it, what was it like? Uh, what were your classmates like? And what, what, what did it feel like? Listen, I was so happy to find dance in Ohio. I was very excited, but you know there were five people in the class, four people in the class, and Shirley came out of Martha Graham, Shirley Wimmer, and so I hadn't really done that, so that you know that was hard for me at first because it's a lot of floor work, and I came out of ballet and all this kind of stuff, and uh, she was just such a force of nature that she made you want to do it. I mean. I don't even know how to explain her. I remember said when I want to go to dance to dance in New York, think I can do it. She goes, I don't know, probably not. Okay. She goes, you're old, Joanne. You're too old. I mean, all that did was give me, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was a strict thing of you do her class two hours every day, and she'd teach it, and Betty would play on the piano and, and give us variations of rhythm, so we'd have to learn how to downbeat, upbeat, what that means if you're on the one and the three or the two and the four. And I didn't know any of that. I was just like being an airhead. And so she really, it was, there weren't many of us, but we were connected to the theater department. So I got to play around with a lot of theater majors, which was really good for me because of all the acting coaching and stuff. Yeah. It, it made sense to me almost in it better way. I didn't want to be an actress, but I wanted to understand what it took to understand. You know, that's where I really learned how to break down a script for dance, even though I learned it for acting. Um, because you can't have a through line through a script, especially if somebody's going from bad to good. Because you, as you know, they don't shoot in order. So then mm -hmm. you got to have a Bible so that the actor can go, look, here's where you are now. You're not that good. You are better. And it's very hard once they've learned to dance to go back to not dancing. That was the biggest, hardest thing. Oh, yeah. You know, they don't, they, they don't know how to fake that. One, they're not dancers. But, yeah. You know, they just don't know how to do that. And even dancers don't look real good. It's kind of like, yeah, right. <laughs> so, but the pro, what that program did was kind of allow me to almost investigate other things, like the music and like the different kinds of techniques there were and like the theater department. And don't forget, that was the time of Ohio, Kent State. Well, I wanted to ask about that. You know, what was what was campus like for you? And so you're the class of 1970. And, of course, the university shut down and graduation was canceled. And Yeah, well, you know, I learned a lot because one of the most, I don't even know if I've written this anywhere, but the biggest moment was when the National Guard came after mm -hmm. Kent State, right? And those boys were 18 years old, and they're standing there with guns. It may, chokes me up to this day. And the guy leading them said, um, fix bayonets. I just, they started crying. 
because they knew once they did that, they had to attack. It was changed my view of how you look at war, how you look at the world and, and, and the reactions that different people give to the world, like Penn State, like us, like whatever. Like the Panthers, all those people came to speak on Canvas, you know, and it's just like it was eye-opening in a sense that you don't realize how protected you are. Or, or I shouldn't say protected, how your thoughts are, are um, driven by your families ideas and principles and all that and my family is Italian immigrants and so you know Sunday dinner was 30 people and there were half Democrats and half Republicans and the children sat at another table until you were ready to say something that was worthwhile saying so you learned to give your opinion and you didn't get attacked and there was every side on that table well what happened in that event at that moment it hit me why there were so many strong opinions on either side. And before it was verbal, this was like, this is an 18-year-old boy facing me, crying his eyes out because somebody told him to attack. It, it was, I mean, we obviously backed up so that he wouldn't have to fix his bayonet. Mm-hmm. The second we started back up, he would call the order. And I thought, oh, my God. And then you have different respect for people who fight in wars. I, I mean, Regardless of what you think of it, this is a flesh and bone body having to take some drastic steps. Those are really incredible memories. Thank you so much for sharing those. And it's it's clear that, that, that they are emotional. And, you know, that goes into your body. Exactly. I was thinking of thinking about that the whole time you were recalling the, the memory and talking about war and and what happens to our bodies and what we ask our bodies to do. And of course you, that speaks very clearly and deeply to you. It does, because I think if you, that's the other thing when I'm working with people without being nosy, I always try to find out what was the difficult moment in your life. And it's surprised how much people want to share because no matter what somebody is saying, they are revealing, especially if you're asking them to do something artistically. So it's that combo of breaking that down. You know, this one kid is maybe 30 and the other kid is 40-something. So I'd like to to wrap up a little bit with um, some Ohio highlights. Um, Calling back your more memories of Ohio. If you had a favorite spot on campus when you were on campus, of course, you were dancing a lot and in the studio a lot, but was there a favorite spot you had back then? There was a bar. (laughs) downtown and I can't remember the name of it but it was such a great place because it was where all the artsy people gathered and had all these great conversation theater and all that and then it was also a place where the townies used to like to start to fight start fights it was such an interesting bizarre combo and I just I love the dichotomy of the two groups of people, you know, but I mean, look, that's a beautiful campus. And I, of course, do not remember the names of any of the buildings, but that, what's that central one where there's a big lawn in front of it? The College Green would be the the main campus, yes. So um, what about other people who had a major influence on you? You mentioned uh, your, your instructors in dance. Yeah, people who had a major influence on you at Ohio University. Well, the theater department was a big deal to me, and I don't remember their names. I mean, probably you could look it up. Those teachers kicked your butt in a way that nobody else did. Shirley kicked it in one way, but the theater department people 
made you, you know what I mean? Okay, who are you? And then I had several friends, some of them who came out here and worked as well. So I still contact them. And, you know, we've all remained friends, which is kind of weird. They're getting much older now, and some of them are not with us any longer. But, yeah, I I mean, I don't remember names. I'm so bad. I'm so sorry. But it was that department combined with the dance department. And I also got a teaching certificate at the same time, which was kind of interesting because I taught in Appalachia for my whatever you call that thing you have to do before you get it. And I went out there and the school was very conservative and I was always the way I am. Right. And they go like, you can't dress that way and teach these children. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I have to do it where you're young and you're going to blah, blah, blah. I said, look, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and you're going to see. And so I had, they had gave me an advanced placement class. I think they're afraid to give me anything else. Had these kids write a play, put it on, and do it. And it was astounding. And the, the, the student teacher woman who was kind of watching me, she said, I told them you'd be fine. But the, my point is more how the first response to difference is always fear. Always fear. And that's the thing I think that Ohio University actually did for me was it reminded me that I didn't have to be afraid because, you know, those those environments, when they're good, are very special. But that's a place for you to try anything and be anything you want and have people go, you're okay, keep going, keep going. And that's what I think more than any other place I went, Ohio gave me. But otherwise, where would I get it? You think about my life. That's the first place I went and could go, was able to right. foster who mm-hmm. I am. They basically did this. <laughs> They allowed me, which I didn't know that it wasn't allowed. I was tempted, you know, afraid, and they go, no, go, 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 go. It's an amazing gift. I mean, it really, really is. It's great to hear that because that's something that, that we here at Ohio University feel very strongly, and it's something that we, we convey to students and young people considering coming to Ohio University. And so it's oh. it's awesome to hear you say that, that that really struck you. I tell you, it's huge. And I don't, I mean, I, you know, I'm just saying it now at the end of this conversation, but honest to God, if any, and they're young, you don't realize that when you're that young, that, that you're, that, you know, that you're getting freedom. They don't even understand. They think they deserve freedom. But what they don't realize how much effort, stamina, and intelligence it takes for the place, the teachers, the this, the that, to give them that. They could smack them in the head most of the time, but they don't, you know? I mean, you want to go, but you don't. I think, and I I do have to say it, when I thought back about it, I realized, wow, school in Ohio, you know? That's where I saw the who. That's where I saw, you know, and they had people in, in local bars, musicians that became extraordinarily famous and good. So somehow, I don't know why, yeah. but it, it, it's like this convergent point that attracts all this stuff. And I, and I, I believe it's the freedom because those musicians wouldn't come there if they thought they were being judged. They just wouldn't. Why? Go somewhere mm-hmm. else. So I think that's pretty extraordinary. Well, that is a great note to end on. We think it's pretty extraordinary too. And you have had an extraordinary career. Cannot wait to for the day where we can learn more about all this 
highly secret work you're doing on Star Wars. It's so exciting. And it's just been such a joy and a thrill to talk to you and do my research about your career from your dance days at Ohio University and all of the all of the trails you have blazed since then. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. It has been lovely. <laughs>